and I was I was thinking about coming over here, and I, I kind of got a little got a little mad at Pastor Dwight because he's on some kind of cruise, you know, and and he's he's just hanging out and he's chilling out and everything's great, and and I'm not. <clears throat> but you know what's funny is last week when I was on the beach in Daytona, on vacation, I wasn't mad that somebody was filling in for me. I, I don't know what it was, but but no, we're just excited to be here tonight. We love. Bloomfield, we love the assembly, we love every chance we get to come here. Guys, it's it's almost like we pastored Bernie for 11 years, we're in Herculaneum, but when we come here, this is kind of like home to us, and so we just appreciate Pastor Dwight and, and Sister Wanda for the opportunity to come and to minister God's word. So tonight, we're going to talk about the perspective of faith. How do we look at the situations of our lives in view of the faith that we have? You see, everyone in this room was given a measure of faith to believe unto salvation. You say, I don't got no faith. That's a lie. You do have faith. It's how you exercise your faith and how you build the things you do to build your faith to get you to where you can trust in God. I don't know about you, but, but I, would, I would love to be like Peter who walked on water. How amazing would that be? Is, is, you know, especially if you're a fisherman, you, just, you don't need a boat. You just walk out there and start casting. You say, well, Pastor Kent... He, yes, he walked on water, but he sank and I can't swim. But he walked on water and I didn't. And I want to, I want to have so much faith in God that, that when that, that need arises, and listen, I'm not telling you to be all silly and say, well, there's a lake, I'm going to walk across it, because you're probably going to not, you're probably going to sink. But if God tells you, and if there is that need for you to step out, you see, that's what I'm talking about tonight, is learning to step out in the faith that God has already planted in you. And as you begin to do that, then your faith will grow, and you can believe God for even greater things. You see, when you were a little bitty person in Christ, the only thing you could believe for is that Jesus died on the cross that you might have life. And a lot of us, we, we leave that there, but Jesus wants us to believe deeper than that. He wants us to be believe in God-sized visions and dreams that we cannot accomplish on our own. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, we find a verse that we are all way too familiar with. And it kind of goes like this. That's King James. This is NLT. It says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I'll tell you the truth. If you had, had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And we love that verse because it's cool because, you know, mustard seed's small and, and we all learned that on the felt board if you're at least 52 in Sunday school. You know, the felt board, Dominic, you have one. But, you, you know, you learned all those stories and, and if you just have a small amount of faith, you can move mountains. And I believe that's true, but the reality is the backdrop of that story, the verse is kind of a rebuke to the disciples. Jesus is saying, hey, you ain't got no faith. Because what happened was, the backdrop is this verse in the story of Jesus' disciples being sent out, and they were unable to cast a demon out of a guy, a little boy. Then Jesus steps up, and I loves it. I loves it. I love it. He steps up, and he's like, they're like, the demon wouldn't come out. And he steps up and he rebukes him and he said, you guys ain't got no faith. Back up, let Jesus do it. And he goes and he rebukes, the, he rebukes the evil spirit and it comes out. And the little boy goes around praising God and it's amazing, it's a miracle. And if I was the disciples, it's funny when, when you're living in the moment, you don't 
think rationally? Because if you were the disciples and you couldn't cast it out and Jesus just rebuked you, why would you say, hey, why couldn't we do that? But, you know, you're living in the moment, you just do whatever. And so they asked Jesus, they said, why could we not cast out the demons? And he tells them that you don't have enough faith. And if you had enough faith, if you had even the smallest amount of faith as the grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains and that nothing would be impossible. And that's a big statement by Jesus that nothing, nothing would be impossible. See, tonight, for a little bit, we're going to talk about how many ever go through some junk you know, we got Christian words, we're like, oh, there's a mountain in front of me and, and all this stuff. But listen, life can be tough, and, and we all face situations, and we all face our mountains and, or whatever you want to call it. And the reality is how we view that mountain through the prism of faith is how we're going to live our life. You see so many people in the church, and, and I'm okay with people in the world that, that they don't know Jesus, they don't understand faith, and, and they're like, ah. My world's falling apart and all that stuff because they don't have any hope. But we, we've got hope in Jesus. And he said, as long as we have faith, nothing will be impossible. You see, we as the believers, we should not face that mountain and just kind of run and freak out because it's so big. Because we have hope. And Jesus said that if we have faith in him, nothing would be impossible. And we could speak to that mountain and it would be moved. Can I tell you tonight, church, that God is looking for some men and women of faith that will say to their mountain, get out of the way. And it's cool that you get to be a mountain mover, but what's even more amazing is those who do not know Jesus, the lost, the unsaved, whatever you want to call them, the, the sensitive seeker, whatever they, I don't know, whatever they call them. But you know what I mean, we call them unsaved, but that's cool. Uh, those people will see the glory and the magnitude of what God has done and will bring them to the light of who Jesus is. So he said nothing would be impossible. And we look at so many situations that we face in our lives as impossible. <clears throat> but Jesus looks at everything through the prism of faith as possible. Think about that. Everything that you think is impossible, everything that I think is impossible, Jesus sees as possible. Isn't that amazing? Say that out loud. All things are possible. Come on, church, say it out loud. All things are possible. We face so many different situations in our lives and in our own strength there it seem impossible. But church, can I tell you tonight, I don't live in my own strength because if I did and I work out. And I'm just kidding. Nick, that's good. Nick does too. Okay, he owns a gym. Anyway, listen, we look at things in our own strength and we think, God, there is no way, but we do not live in our own strength. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we know. We walk by the faith that is implanted in us by Christ Jesus. And when we walk in that faith, church, nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. So when you're facing that situation, there's decisions you have to make in your life. And it's the perspective of how you see those and how you view those through your faith. God wants you to become dreamers, people of great vision. He wants you and I to begin to dream. You see, church, when you begin, when you stop dreaming, when you stop being people of vision, you begin to die. And nobody wants to die. And God wants us to be people who dream 
crazy God-sized, out-of-our-control dreams and visions. And right now, tonight, my job is to build your faith to the point to believe that anything is possible. So what is the perspective of faith? It's when you see a mountain. How do you look at it? How do you look at it? As a believer, I'm not talking about the unbelievers. As a believer, how do you look at it? Do you get all you get all freaked out and you call Pastor Dwight and, and Pastor Dwight, you know, this is horrible and things are bad and, and all this stuff? Or do you look at it as an opportunity to show God's faith that everything is possible? The, the way we look at it, it, it matters. It says the problem is do we, when we see a mountain, do we look at it as an obstacle or do we look at it as an opportunity? And I think that's the way we have to look at everything. So many churches today look at these situations and they're like, there is no way that we can accomplish that. And can I tell you, when you get in that place as a church or as a believer, when you get into that place that there is no way that you can physically or humanly possibly take care of that situation, can I tell you, you are right in the prime ground for God to do some miraculous stuff in your life. It's all how you view it. Is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? There's an Old Testament story in Numbers chapter 13, and I will butcher a lot of these words just so you know, where Moses was instructed by God to send out 12 men to go and spy out the land that God had promised them through Abraham. He wanted to see who lived there. He wanted to know if they were strong or weak, what their cities were like, what the land was like. So he, so he chose the 12 leaders of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he told them to go and bring back a report. And this is their report. And guys, you know the story. You know, if I said, you know, if I said, Amy, tell me the story, you know it. But as we read the story, as we read the account of 12 people, we will begin to see that it's all about a perspective of how we, how we view the situations that are before us. You see, we just took a church in Herculaneum, which, which, which has got a lot of great people, but as we look, as we look, it's not where we came from. It's not the assembly. It's different. And we could say, and we, maybe we have a few times, God, take us home. But listen, as we look at it through, my wife's laughing, as we look at it through the vision that God has given us and we see through the, through the, that there is, yes, there's mountains, there's things that have to be accomplished, but if we view that through the eyes of God, there is 262,000 people in our county up there and 67% and of them are unchurched. Guys, that is the greatest mission field of my lifetime. There is great opportunity. I can look at that as, Lord, there is 60, only 30-something percent of people that know you what are we going to do and but i have to look at through the eyes of jesus who says there's 67 percent of these people who do not know me and if you're going to step in faith if you are going to follow me you got to trust me that i put you where i put you i'm going to use you where i use you and you're going to bloom there and we're going to do things for the glory of god because we are going to step out in faith and if the same thing goes here 
The assembly is an amazing church, but can I tell you tonight, there are more people in Bloomfield who do not know Jesus than who does know Jesus. So the work is not done. we got to move, and we got to make it about them, and we got to make it about reaching them because that's what it's about. And when you stand before God, God's going to say, what have you done to bring the lost in? Amen. I need a drink of water. That was a joke to get out. Numbers chapter 13 says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. Could you imagine? You're one of the people. You've heard your entire life this promise that God had given to Abraham about this land that they would inherit. And, and Moses, the leader at the time, he says, hey, God spoke to me. I need 12 men. It's you, 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 and you. Could you imagine? No one said no. They're like, send me. And for 40 days, these are the, these are the elect. These are the seals of, of the time. These are, these are the mighty men that go out, and they spy out the promised land. How amazing. You would think that they would come back, and they would be so excited about all that God had promised them and all that God said they could have. You would think that that's the way it would happen, but we know the story. And that's not what happened. So I'm just going to paraphrase real quick. They go. They're cruising through the countryside. And I don't know what they thought that they were going to go when they went there. I don't know if they knew they were going to see all these people and stuff. But they begin to explore, 12 of them. And they're, I don't know if they took notes or I don't know if they talked to each other. But they all are seeing all this stuff. They see the people who inhabit the land. They see all the vegetation and all, all the stuff that's there that God had promised them and somebody else had. Can I tell you this morning, that preaches a long time. There is some stuff out there that other people are possessing, that the world is possessing, that God meant for you, church. And if you got the faith, come on, church, and you'll take a hold of what God has given you and what God has promised you. We don't need, sorry, Amy, we don't need the banking systems. We don't need the, the world's money because God owns it all. And if we'll just get in faith and we'll just follow him and, and step out in faith, God will provide, God will lead us, and God will bring back what the enemy has stolen from you, and God will bring back what people, what, what was meant to be yours that, that other people are possessing, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but God has got some territory for you, God has got some ministry for you, and you need to possess it by faith tonight, church. So they go and they, they spy out the land, and they come back, and, and, the, and the story kind of goes like this, they reported to the whole community what they had seen. And showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. And this was their report. Moses, we entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Could you imagine all the rest of the people, the millions, that heard, this is good. We're moving on up to the east side. Like, is that the same as this side? To deluxe apartment in the sky. We're gonna we're gonna possess all this stuff. All we gotta do, it's ours. God done promised it to us. All we gotta do is possess it. And they were all excited, but they're like, hey, but 
The people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and they're fortified. We even saw giants there, big mountains. The descendants of Anak, the Amalekites lived near the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. And the people were in uproar. They're like freaking out. God, you promised us all this stuff. Why would you allow all these mean bully type people to possess what you done gave us? And they're saying, yes, it's a beautiful land, but there's no way we could possess it. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. You see, the majority of them was saying, it's beautiful, would love to inherit it, don't want to fight for it. You see, their faith was saying, we're not strong enough. Because they're, they were seeing the promised land through the prism of their own strength. And as they were all in chaos and saying, there's no way, here's Caleb. He said, hey, shut up. I got something to say. And he looks at Moses. Maybe he was nervous. I, don't, I just think he was full of faith and full of boldness. And he said, hey, Moses. I don't care what they say. Let's go at once. Let's don't hesitate. Let's don't pack a lunch. Let's just go right now. I believe if God promised it to us, I don't care what it looks like. I believe we can take it because by faith we can step out and do it because God has given it to his church. And tonight you got to realize if God has given it to you, you've got to possess it. It's all based on how you see your promised land. Do you see it as an obstacle or do you see it as an opportunity? And yes, there may be some tough times and yes you may have to fight for it and yes you may have to step out and get ready to walk on water but can I tell you that if God promised it to you tonight church it belongs to you and it goes on the other men explored the land with him they disagree they're like Caleb you're an idiot there's no way these guys are going to squash us we can't go up against them they're stronger than we are so they spread this bad report about the land funny how that happens in Man, the church is exploding. Man, worship's amazing. People are just coming in. But, you know, and, and, and giving's up. And, 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 and the, the, we got to get some more chairs because, you know, it's just filling up. But, man, I don't know if my grandma would like that song. Come on, church. When we get to that point in our life, when we get to the point where we don't like this this kind of light, or an Edison light, or, or whatever, or we don't like to sing off the wall. When we get to that point in our lives, can I tell you what you've just done? You've made the gospel all about you and not about them. You've made church about you and not about the heart of Jesus. Because it ain't about that. It's about what Jesus wants. <clears throat> so they go on and they said that we traveled through the land, explored, they'll, they'll devour everyone, and they just like threw in, hey, and there's giants there, giants that will just squash us. you got to protect yourself. 
and bring to us. Because there's, there's people within the walls of the church that will try to crush your dream. But God says, I've given you that. It's time to take it. It's amazing. Twelve men went in. They saw the same thing. Ten gave one report. Two gave a different report. They all agreed on the demographics of the land. The cities were large and fortified with great walls, and, and there were no way to penetrate them. Certain people lived in certain areas. They were all cool with that. The land flowed with milk and honey. It produced great large fruit. The people were powerful. They all agreed on those facts. Every one of them saw that there were giants living in the land. But what was the difference? What was the difference? <clears throat> Each they had two opinions of the land that they saw. Can I tell you? It was perspective. Ten of them saw obstacles. Two of them saw opportunities. If I can get the worship team to begin to what about us? How do we view things through the prism of faith? Do we view the things in our life as an obstacle? Or when we're up against that mountain, do we view it as an opportunity to show God's glory? Could you imagine there's a real physical mountain in your way. And there's 12 of you. 10 of them say, that's a big mountain. There's no way. There's no way. Two of them, both the prophet, the country bear in Alabama, see that mountain over there? One of these days I'm going to climb that mountain, except... We don't climb the mountain. We speak to the mountain. And when we speak in faith to the mountain, the Bible says, the God who saved us, who said, if you have just a small amount of faith, that you can say to the mountain, and it will be moved. And that nothing is impossible, and that all things are possible. Remember back in Matthew chapter 17, the disciples could not cast the demon out, and Jesus told them it was lack of faith? Our ability to believe God for things is based on the faith that we have in him. And we all know faith <clears throat> is the ability to believe for things not yet seen. By a show of hands, <clears throat> how many has ever had a face-to-face -face visual conversation with God go? Because you can't see him. But by faith, I believe he's there. By faith, I accept his word as true. And by my faith in him, he proves to me through his creation who he really is. When the spies entered the promised land, they had to make a choice to believe God for what he already promised or to cower down and say it was an impossibility. <clears throat> the cool thing about God 
that he gives us. He promises us. And you fill in the blank, whatever your promise is, whatever your ministry is. And if he's already promised it, then it's already yours. You just got to believe for it. How do we have faith? How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We get faith and we grow in our faith through reading and studying the word of God. The issue with most people of faith being Christians is they don't know the word of God. When we first became pastors in Vernon, we were also the youth pastors. It didn't pay twice as much. It's just the way it worked out. And we had this thing, and I was talking. We had this creepy, creepy basement. And so we took all the youth down there one night, and we're like, you know, what would you do? What would you do if tomorrow all the Bibles are gone? You see, our faith is sustained by what we know of God's word. And I begin to say, hey, tell me the scripture you know. And immediately we got the classic Jesus wept. Had no idea why he was crying, but he wept. <clears throat> they thought he was just sad. Dog got ran over something. And then we got this classic, his name was Leo. And Leo was very deep. And he said, let there be light. And that was the basis of their scripture. And we laughed. But let me fast forward to another time. We were doing a Father's Day thing or a Valentine's Day thing, and, <clears throat> and I put the kids against the adults from J.B. Kids. And we quizzed them on their scripture. Anybody want to guess who won? The kids did. Guys, the faith, you will never be able to believe God for the things he's promised you until you know the promises he has for you. And as you begin to grow in your faith and you begin to believe God for things, and God begins to bring those to pass, and you begin to believe for bigger things, It's our responsibility to look at every situation and make the call. Is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? Every time a situation comes before us, it's God helping us, telling us to exercise our faith. God doesn't want you to like, Step out there just so you can fall down. He laughs at you. He's not trying to make a YouTube video. But he's wanting you to step out in those little areas of your life and trust in him. Because he wants to take you to greater things. Bobby, come up here. This is unrehearsed. Please don't hurt me. As you study the word of God, 
what you're gonna what you're gonna find is that you've got to blindly follow him. Come on up here. Come on. Get a little cardio, get them steps in. Look, some we only know each other from from here. Ten times. Right now. Blind faith is following God. And believing that when you step out, God's going to be there. 